Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Be Better Tomorrow podcast. I'm Jason Fisher, your host. Today, we're going to be talking to Brian Wagner of A Radical Vision. In March of 2011, Brian woke up in total darkness, having physical blindness for the next six months due to a physical defect that required him to have brain surgery on, no kidding, April 1st of that year. Without it, his prognosis was not good and his days would probably be few. During his time of total reliance on others, Brian swore that if he could get his sight back, he'd help others that are struggling in their own way. While he still deals with partial blindness, Brian keeps the promises that he made to help others. As he puts it, I lost my sight and ended up with a vision. And now he helps others find their vision through a program he calls a radical vision. Now, let's talk to Brian. All right, Brian just gave you the introduction up front. Can you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about your story? I, I watched your TED Talk. I was really mesmerized. Maybe shrink it down to, to five minutes and give us a story of, of what happened to you that made you start a radical vision. Okay. Back in March 4th of 2011, I was left blinded and I woke up on the couch that morning. Now, I woke up on the couch because I'd just returned from a business trip in Cleveland, Ohio. When I woke up that morning, it was 3 a.m., and I stumbled to the restroom and went to turn on the light switch and come to find out both of my eyelids were down and there was nothing that I could do to lift them unless I lifted them with my finger. So what had happened is I had had a bleed in my brain stem. So there's these little things called cavernous malformations. A cavernous malformation, or a cav mal, if you will, is a malformed blood vessel. It can form anywhere in your body. Mine just so happened to have formed in my brainstem. And when it bled, it caused um, pressure to be put on the nerves that control my vision. So I was blind for about six months. Um, during that time, that six months, about a month in, I was flown to Phoenix, Arizona to have surgery by the world's best doctor for this sort of surgery. He did take out the cavernous malformation, and I thought that I was going to get my vision back, or I thought that I was going to be able to see again, um, but that didn't happen uh, that way. It took another month before I was able to, to see well enough to be able to function, and then six months before I was able to drive again. I am able to drive again, but it's just been one of those horrific things that it's been very, very difficult to, uh, to be able to overcome the, the loss of sight in one eye. So in, in that time when I, when I was blind for those six months, I, I knew that there was something else that I was supposed to be doing with this because I, I knew that if I could get through this, and I, I remember saying these words, I, if I can get through this, I want to be able to help somebody else get through tough times as well. So that's been my burning passion all along is to be able to help someone. And that's been seven years now, almost eight years since that whole thing happened. So I'm still encouraged uh, by everything that I'm doing. I have um, speaking engagements where I go out and I speak to people. What I do is I speak with people about how they can embrace their own personal blindness to achieve a greater vision for their lives. So I have a unique process where I take people from a point of blindness to sight to vision, and that's really what it's all about for me. It's, that's what I do day in, day out. I have speaking engagements. I have coaching clients, and I also work at the Ohio School for the Blind. All things that I do are in regard to vision. And so I love one of the things you say on your website. I, I wrote this quote down. My goal is to help others recognize and embrace their adversity and to go blind 
and respond by gaining vision. Can, can you unpack that a little bit for us? I think it's a really interesting turn of phrase. When I talk about going blind, I mean, everybody has blindness in our lives and they just need to accept that. So that's the big thing is to be able to get to people to have that self-awareness that they understand that they're blind. Because if once they understand that they are blind in certain areas, whether they are fully sighted or not, I don't care. It's more of a mental um, metaphor, if you will. Sure. And having people to be able to do that, 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 will, be, that will allow them to understand that, okay, I'm blind. Why am I blind? There's Because there's blind spots in my life. Um, they can be positive blind spots or they can be negative blind spots. Being able to help people do that to see that they're blind is the first step. And then, then we're able to talk about, okay, so here's some areas where you may have blind spots. There's a couple of different tools I use from a self-awareness perspective. One of those tools is called the Johari window and the Johari window helps people to to understand that there are things that they see, but other people don't see. And there's also things that they don't see, but other people do see. And those are the blind spots. Could you give us any stories that are examples of that? I mean, it's all pretty theoretical at this point. I think people might be wondering, okay, what exactly would this look? What could be a blind spot in my life that I'm missing? Okay. A friend of mine who was uh, recently at a cross country meet, she was sitting there uh, waiting for the bus to come around because there were the shuttle buses and they weren't able to, you know, get park close enough to the to the track in order to um, just walk. So she's waiting on the shuttle bus. As as she's got the shuttle bus, or she's waiting on the shuttle bus, she gets a, an email or a text from one of her friends or coworkers, and she's getting upset about this text that she just got. And before she can even realize what's happened. She's been going back and forth with this person on text before she realized what happened. The bus had come and it had left without her. That text, that, that emotion she had from doing those texts back and forth had caused a blind spot for her and she almost missed her bus. So that's a type of blind spot. A blind spots can be emotions. They can be so many different things. So, I mean, that's one example. That's a, sure. that's a negative blind spot, but there's pl- positive blind spots as well. A positive blind spot that I can think of would be uh, I'm working at the Ohio School for the Blind, and we have a, an after-school program. The after-school program, it's all about helping kids be prepared for life after school, after high school, and it's, it teaches them a number of different things. It helps them to understand that there's more things than, than just sports or whatever the case may be. But there's also things like knitting. The great class the club that I'm a part of is the knitting club. There's also clubs for cooking and, and other things like that, which teaches them real life skills. And they'll, they'll be able to use in their life going forward. Well, the knitting club, it's one of those clubs where, you know, you never want to know what you're going to get into with these, these students that are trying to learn how to knit. Some of them have never knitted before in their life. I've never knitted before in my life. <laughs> it was it was a really, really uh, interesting when I first walked into my knitting club. And uh, the instructor was, was very, very nice, very uh, open to helping us. But I ended up being the kind of the lead for this one gentleman. And as I helped him to try to knit, I, I knew the basics of what he needed to do. So as I'm trying to help him with knitting, he can't see very well. His hands don't operate like yours hands and my hands. So he, and he's cognitively 
not um, not up to where he should be for his grade level. So all that coupled together with the fact that we're doing something that neither one of us have done before really led for an, an interesting experience. Well, as he's knitting, finally he gets, he gets one of the, the loops made or the stitches, if you will. And at that point, I got terribly excited because, I mean, it, what seemed like took an hour, it probably took, you know, a few minutes. But I was so wrapped up in him being able to do it that I just got overwhelmed with what I could do. All of that to say that, that, that there was a blind spot there because sometimes I, I don't know. And a lot of us don't know the impact that we're having on people when we're doing things, when we're living our lives, when we're having communications or just having a cup of coffee. We have positive impact on people, but people don't always recognize it. Outside, people do recognize it, and that is a positive blind spot. It's easier for us to dwell on the negative things of I did something wrong or I misspoke about something, but we don't always see those positive things that are happening in our lives. It's, it's so easy to come down on ourselves. I like the fact that you also look at positive blind spots because I think a lot of us have those. We're, right. we're, we're doing things or we have a skill and oftentimes we assume everybody has that skill. If I can do it, everybody can do it, but that's just not the case. We all have talents that other people don't have and don't, we don't recognize them as talent because they're commonplace to us. Absolutely, you're right. So what does it mean for you when you say you want to help people find their vision? Is it just being able to see those blind spots or is there something more? Uh, I equate vision to purpose and purpose means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for me, purpose meant understanding what I was supposed to be doing in this world. You know, I spent 16 of my years as an IT salesperson and worked at IBM for 10 of those years, had a, had a great career. But when I was blind, it was a perfect, perfect situation, perfect storm for me to understand that IT sales is not where I was meant to be. I had a firm calling, if you will, that you're meant to be doing something else to help other people. So this is what what I've been chartered with, and this is where I'm going. So it's going very, very well, and just continue to, to do that. What does it mean for you to help people find their vision? Is it just identifying those blind spots or is there something more to it? Cause I, I find that I'm interested in a lot of different things and narrowing it down to one vision or one practical big thing that I'm passionate about. I'd have to let those other things go. And sometimes I don't want to do that. So are there some practical steps that you take to help people with those things? Yes. So like I said, as you, as you mentioned, the first step is being blind and understanding that you have blind spots. Um, then when you understand you have blind spots, you got to identify them, but you can't identify your own blind spots on your own. Once you're able to identify your blind spots with the help of other people, that's where you have sight. And once you have sight, you, you can be able to understand that there is so much more to life and having sight, it, it allows you to be able to, to take that next step. It allows you to be able to, to do something with your dreams. It allows you to be able to get closer to your purpose. And when you understand your purpose, when you discover your purpose, that's where you're going to be able to understand, you know, there's so much more to life than just an eight to five job. That eight to five job is important. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very important. But 
you're created for something else outside of that. And there can be many different things. But one of the areas where we focus in on, because we've already talked about blindness and sight and vision, and blindness is really utilizing the Jari window, and vision is understanding that there's other things, and, and those things are characteristics that make up who you are. But that third thing, that third area is the, um, the vision piece. And with the vision piece, you can use um, a vision board would be one great way to understand where your vision, because it helps you to understand what your characteristics are and where your strengths and weaknesses are and where you need to have certain things build up and possibly other things taken down if, because you don't need that, that level of, um, that level of, um, of focus on that one area and everything that that we talk about has to do with the ultimate goal and that ultimate goal is having vision why do you think most people don't have a vision in their life most people don't have a vision in their life because we've sculpted them not to have a vision we've sculpted them and that's that's the that's the world's way of doing things we've gotten away from the well we're getting much more back to it much more now but with the entrepreneurialism but people get focused on you know eight to five they get focused on you know money in many money out they get focused on you know what's in it for them and they they lose sight of so many other 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 possibilities that they have for their lives and those possibilities in their lives create wealth for other people and and in so many ways but uh, the great zig ziglar you know once said you you're never going to get what you want until you help enough other people get what you want when i think about that i think that's a great message to send to people because that's what people miss out on they don't understand that it's, it's going to be a situation where sometimes you're going to have to give 20 times before you get once. But when you start getting once, that's when you start to build. Yeah, I think I, there's definitely a cultural aspect where I feel like my generation was definitely more of the just get through school, go to college, get a good job, and that's your thing. Then you just live that life. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it doesn't leave a lot of room for the big dreams. Right. And following that along and, and finding out what it was. I had a dream earlier in life, but then when things didn't quite work out the way I wanted to, I didn't know how to rebound. And so I retreated to that nine to f or that eight to five doing this thing. And I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, you know what? I have time. My kids are a little older now. I can start exploring other areas, other skills, finding out what that vision would look like for me. So how do you help people stay focused on that? Do you have tips and tricks to help you really not get distracted and focus on your vision? That would be an area where I, I don't have specific tips and tricks. You know, there's not, uh, not one thing that I would say is going to be the catch-all, end-all, be-all for people. I mean, there's, there are different things that, that you can do that I'm sure that uh, people have in order to maintain that focus. But the real thing for me is the focus that I have. I know my why. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I know that I've been given a calling, if you will, a purpose. And I know, I know what my purpose is and I'm not distracted from that. So when I've had conversations with people in terms of, you know, why are you doing this and why are you doing this? And 
you know, shouldn't you be, you know, working here or working there? No, I, I, I'm pretty clear on, and I'm pretty clear with them on why I'm doing what I'm doing. So when the, the other uh, obstacles are put in place, if you will, they don't become distractions for me. They're just, you know, temporary setbacks where I just have to navigate my way around them politically correctly or whatever the case may be. And then I'm able to continue on my path towards my purpose for other people and where they are in their lives. They'll need to find their purpose and then they'll just need to stay locked on it and continue to, like in the lean startup says, continue to pivot and do something different and try something else and then, you know, work at that. And if it doesn't work, don't consider it a failure. Consider it a a learning moment. You know, like um, Thomas Edison said, he, he had whatever the number 999, you know, chances to learn what wasn't right. And then he had that one that was right. So I encourage people to continue to try new things to to lock in on what their why is. Yeah, and I'd say tips and tricks that may may make it sound a little bit cheap. And that's not my intention. I think finding <laughs> your why is a great uh, aspect because if you don't have a why, like you said, when you hit those bumps in the road, things fall apart, you give up. But if you have a why, the reason you want to do the thing that you're doing, it can help drive you towards it and help you maintain vision and target it and being targeted on that vision when things start to collapse. Does that seem mm-hmm. fair? Absolutely. You're right on. Slight change of subject, but you've written a book. Sometimes it takes a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. I love that title. And I think that Thank you. you've probably done a summary of, of things that are in the book here as we're going, but are, is there anything else that's covered in that book that might be in- interesting to our listeners that they should go pick, go pick it up? Oh, there, there's a few things, but in the end, in the chapter 11 and chapter 12, I talk about, you know, your, your purpose or your vision, if you will, and understanding that, you know, first of all, you need to, well, you don't need to, if you choose to, um, you can write down your 30 I believe statements. Your 30 I believe statements will help you to understand a little bit more about your vision and what your long-term goal is going to be. Once you lock in on that vision and those 30 things that you're putting into your I believe statements, then you, you can write down your 30 I believe statements. And those 30 I believe statements, or I'm sorry, 30 I believe, and the, the next thing is 30 I will statements. The 30 I will statements will help you to understand how you're going to implement those 30 I believe statements. That's really what drives, at least for me, that's what helped drive my vision. And in, in that, I also went through what's called the deeper path. And the deeper path is actually a book that was put out by Kerry Oberbrunner. And he had a workshop as well. So I've gone through the workshop, became deeper path certified. And that's really helping people to understand their opus. And their opus really stands for it's, uh, the, word, the three, four letters of opus represent Overarching vision is for O, P is for purpose, U is for unifying strategies, and S is for the scorecard for success. You'll end up representing yourself very, very well. 
That's an interesting experiment. I haven't actually tried that one. It's 30 I will, or 30 I believes, and then 30 I wills to kind of line those mm-hmm. things up behind your vision. Mm-hmm. Okay, is there anything else you want to you wanna talk about before we let people go? No, I think that's, uh, that's about it. That covers everything? Okay. Well, I have one question that I ask everybody that I don't put on the list. So unless you're listening okay. to the podcast, you can't be prepared for it. So let me ask you, Brian, what are you doing today to be better tomorrow? What am I doing today to be better tomorrow? What I'm doing today is I'm reading and that allows me to be better tomorrow. That is the best thing. And I'm reading a couple of different things. One of them is a a sales book, believe it or not. And the sales book is from a friend of mine named Anthony Ian Arino. Only sales guide you'll ever need. That has been very, very helpful. And, and another book that I'm reading right now is by Steve Martin, and it is called Born Standing Up. And it's a little bit about his process of how he got to where he is today. Oh, that sounds interesting. I love Steve Martin. Be so good they can't ignore you. That mindset that he had of, of coming into things. It's just a great idea for people who are looking to improve people's impressions around them. If, you, if you're... Good enough. People can't ignore what you're doing and people will find you, whether it's in your nine to five or it's in your, your side hustle. If you're good, people will find you. Word will get out. Right. All right. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody. And I hope you will do something today so you can be better tomorrow. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Be Better Tomorrow podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Fisher, asking you to tell us what you're going to be better at tomorrow. You can do that by sending us an email, going over to our website, posting a comment. But what I'd really appreciate if you did is to go out and review us on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever greater podcasts are found. That helps us to grow and to reach more folks. The music you're hearing right now is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, released under a Creative Commons license, as is Be Better Tomorrow. It's a share and share like license, so if you use any part of this broadcast, please give us credit where credit is due. Until next month, I hope you are working hard to be better tomorrow. <laughs>